0: This is Chris Starr with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Thank you guys for jumping on with me. Today's episode, I have Michael Barehands-Baran on. We go over this like absolutely bananas cat story. Like it's crazy. Anyway, the... Video telling of this story that we're about to go over should already be up on our YouTube channel by the time that this podcast goes live. So go check it out, the Wildlife Command Center YouTube. And (laughs) and we're going to jump into this thing, as well as a wild tale of a Harris hawk getting lost for almost a week and then making its way back after like a tornado level storm. Anyway, if you guys have not already subscribed, please hit subscribe and give us an awesome five-star review. It really does help out the pod. Shout out to Wildlife Command Center. It's my favorite company of all time. So let me jump in with the owner, Michael Bearhands Moran and myself, Chris Starr. Okay, right before I press record, you dropped a slight bomb. So you want to run that by me again? Boom. So
1: when an argument escalates, and you're at the very top of a 32 foot ladder, and you're above the last really safe rung. You have to be contemplating what you're going to do when they kick the ladder out from underneath you. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to tell you, this is a go to when you're in questionable neighborhoods and a verbal confrontation breaks out at the base of your ladder. I'm telling you, their first go-to that people do is they will kick that ladder right out from underneath you. So the other day, we had a situation, but it's the third time that I can remember where I was worried about what am I going to do when they kick the ladder out from underneath me. So, you know, we do not do cats in trees. Like, we just don't do it.
0: No, it's almost impossible, man.
1: I have a very solid philosophy that if a cat can get up in a tree, the cat can get down out of the tree, properly motivated. Yeah. If it got up there, it can get down. Now, you know what ends up happening? There's these well-intentioned, passionate humans... That are just, oh, the cat, it can't get out. It's going to die. <laughs> you know, to date, and I'm 56 years old, to date, I have never seen a cat starve to death up in a tree no. of its own volition. It got up in a tree of its own volition, starve to death, and then fall out of a tree dead. Like, that has never no, happened.
0: that would I mean, so we, we understand it because we understand how animals are motivated and you and I have fasted before you much more than me. So you kind of get how the body reacts when the blood sugar starts getting real low and non-existent and just how motivated you become. <laughs> <laughs> There's exactly. no way an animal... Yeah, a bird will never... You know, I'm going to go so high up in the air just because it's fun. Oh, I don't want to leave and I'll just starve to death up there. That's just not, no. No, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen.
1: But but here's the rest of the scenario. One of our volunteers, like we have a Facebook group that is just our Wildlife Command Center volunteers, about 31 people right now. And one of them late one night hey said, hey, do you know what we can do? My friend's cat is stuck up in a tree. Well, immediately when I saw that, I was like, I'm I don't do cats. I'm not doing no cat. I mean, cat got up in tree, he can get down by himself. That happens all the time. But outside forces pressed me to respond. And so I get roped into this cat rescue effort. Jeez. Anyway, there was a whole bunch of back and forth and I'm being the nice guy and I'm being the one that everybody can turn to and I'm being the rock for everybody. And I'm like, all right, the cat's going to be okay. You know, I'll load up my 32-foot ladder. I'll head over there as soon as I finish running my route and we'll get your kitty down. All right. So we get there and I take my videographer with me, Cole. He's our YouTube mastermind. And he is going to video all this because it's something I don't do that often. So we're driving into this neighborhood social experiment project. And as soon as I pull in, I'm like, oh my gosh, it was all old growth oak trees. I'm talking oak trees. Oh, so they're huge. They were huge. They were huge. Because in my mind, when the person told me, oh, it's 20, 30 foot up, in my mind... I'm like, well, that probably means it's 18 feet or so, you know, because people always (laughs) over-exaggerate. And there's just not that many old-growth trees. But no, we pull up, and it's big old old old-growth oak trees. And I'm like, ah, maybe I should have brought the 40-foot ladder, you know? But then I was thinking, okay, Cole's going to be videoing. And so trying to maneuver a 40 foot ladder on uneven terrain, because you know it's all hilly and step-offs and all this kind of stuff. I was like, no, nah, 32 would be fine. Mm-hmm. So we're driving around, I'm calling the customer, I'm saying, hey, exactly where is the cat? And she's trying to direct me to it. And we hear the cat out of the rolled down windows of the truck. So we drive over and we find we find the cat and stupid cat. I know. Stupid cat. And we get there, and so they come out, they walk across the parking lot, and I'm getting my ladder out. And all of a sudden, this guy comes down the sidewalk and goes, Hey, that's my cat. And the customer, she's coming across the parking lot with her boyfriend and a cat carrier. And she's like, No, that's my cat.
0: Oh, no, dude.
1: And the, and the guy on the sidewalk, he's like, no, that's my cat. He's been up there for three days. Are y'all going to take my cat away? And I'm like, Mister, I promise you. I don't know whose cat this is, but I don't even like cats. I was like, I'm going to bring this cat down <laughs> and I'm going to hand it to somebody, and y'all can decide whose cat it is. <laughs> and the whole time, this cat is up in this tree just going, meow, meow, meow. I I mean, just screaming his head off, you know. So I put the ladder up there, and I shimmy up to the top of it. And this guy and the customer proceed to get into a verbal altercation. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how— how bad is this going to get? The whole time, Cole, our videographer, is video. He's filming. He's getting it all on, on film. Yes, you know? dude. I'm stoked for this then. Oh, yeah. Well, nice. video's going to drop today at 2 o'clock, I think. What? Of that? Yes. Oh, it turns into – it gets better. <laughs> it, gets, it gets way better. I'm trying to get this cat, all right? And I'm like, here, kitty, 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 kitty. And the cat is moving away from me. Out on the end of the limb. Like, like, we figure out very quickly, the cat does not like humans. Like, this cat does not like people. So, I move my ladder over, and I get up to the very end. And all of a sudden, across the, the limb, I'm looking on the other side, another guy comes up. No. Probably 25, 28 years old. And he goes, Hey! you need to be climbing out on the limb over there and and, and get over that way and get get that cat down. And the woman, our customer, looks at him and says, shut up, stop telling other people what to do. And man, they get into, and the guys say, you need to climb over there and you need to get over there and you need to climb up on that limb, get that cat. And I mean, they're just going to, and it just escalates. (laughs) I mean, it just place. Okay. The, the woman starts yelling at him. She starts yelling at the guy that says it's his cat. And she's yelling at this guy that just comes up, it's got to direct us on how to get the cat out of the tree. And they're all at the base of my ladder. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is going down. And I always know what happens because this happened before and you you can watch it on YouTube. You just, you just type in people kicking ladders out and see how many YouTube videos there are of altercations and people kick the ladders out. And this happened to me twice. It happened to me once in Dallas and it happened to me once in Shreveport, Louisiana, where I'm on top of the ladder. And of course, the times it happened to me, I was on a roof and people get mad and kick the ladder out from underneath me. And I'm just like screw this. I'm not helping you anymore. But anyway, so I'm at the very, very tip top of this 30 foot, 32 foot ladder. I got it maxed out all the way. Plus I'm six foot. I'm on the very, very top rung.
0: And I'm thinking,
1: man, if they kick this ladder out, I'm just going to jump up on this limb here because it was a big limb, you know, I had it propped up on. And then I can get over to this trunk. Then I can get to that limb and then I'm going to get down there. I'm fixing to kick somebody's butt <laughs> for, for, yeah, no kidding. for kicking my ladder out from anything. So I just knew it was happening, you know, the oh. whole time I'm going. And then all of a sudden, everybody's quiet. I'm like, what happened? And then I look over to my left and I go, where's the cat? <laughs> <laughs> and during all this commotion, the cat... Said, screw y'all, and jumps 40 feet out of the yep. tree, hits the grass,
0: bounces,
1: and keeps on running.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And like I say, I always say, I tell people, I was like, look, properly motivated, that cat can get out of that tree just fine.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred
1: percent. It was the craziest nutty thing. And then the cat comes comes back. Around the corner, really? Yeah, we're all like, "Oh, well, I got the cat out of the tree." <laughs> yeah, cat's not <laughs> in the tree Mission anymore. Compost, technically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the cat comes in probably within twenty five thirty feet of everything that's going on, and it just sits there, hunched up so nobly, looking at us all, mm-hmm. like,
0: "Okay, take me home. I'm hungry."
1: Yeah. <laughs> It was nuts. Oh, and and the guy that came up that said it was his cat, the cat goes in the house with him. What? Yes.
0: Well, was it his cat then, you think? It had to be his cat. So you think the people who called you originally just wanted a cat? don't know
1: i just think it's i just think it's the same thing these well-intended passionate humans get this thought in their head or whatever and they want to play it all out but they need somebody like me to come and actually do the actual execute. thing execute
0: you know yeah
1: but it was it was Holy nuts smokes. man it was nuts but anyway it's going to be fun it really made a fun video some of the things that i said that i didn't even know i said because you know i'm focused up in a tree thirty two feet off the ground. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. we have a wireless lab on me, so you catch everything I say. Oh nice, see you know. (laughs) (laughs) So Perfect. So it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those humorous. And then the customer is like, oh, we're gonna leave a five-star review on Google for you. We appreciate you coming out, all that kind of stuff. And and we're gonna tell our friends if they need anything, call wildlife command center. I said, no, don't call wildlife command center. We don't do cats. I was like,
0: (laughs) do not call me.
1: And anyway, we got that on video on audio
0: too, me saying that. (laughs) I was like, Oh, dude. How many times is Cole gonna have to beep it out? Oh yeah, there was a lot of there
1: was a lot of colorful language going on down there. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I'm saying. But it's it's the nuttiest things like that, you know? It's just the craziest things. Do you remember your stories from Dallas and Shreveport of being kicked off?
1: Yeah, so they really are not the greatest stories because it was such a quick altercation. The one time we were we were replacing a soffit piece of soffit where squirrels had got in and chewed through and got into a soffit. And we were street side of the house. And I was up on, I was on a 24 foot ladder, I think, or something of that nature. And it was one of those houses that had like multiple roof to soffit junctions and step-offs and stuff. And, and so to my left was a little bitty lower roof. And then above me, I was working on the soffit and this guy comes off the street and it's just right there. And he's like, hey, what are you doing there? And I was like, I'm just getting squirrels out of this house. And, you know, we're fixing it. What? What are you doing to the squirrels? And I'm like. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I'm on top of the ladder and, and he comes over and he just gets behind the ladder. And he goes, you need to leave the squirrels alone. And he pushes my ladder over with me. Now. Now I've got enough weight that he can't really push it. I was like, I got to do something, so I ended up having to step over on that lower roof level below me. And dude pushes the ladder off, and then he goes, and then he's just like real fast walks over to the to the concrete sidewalk, and he just
0: disappears. And I'm just like, did that just happen? I'm like, that just happened, <laughs> you know. Most people, when they know they do something like that, they run away from the situation like right after.
1: Oh, yeah. Both times, it happens the same way. Both times, I just ran off. So I call the customer that owns the house that I'm working on, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm down in my study. and I was like, oh, well, could you assist me? Because this random guy just came off the street and knocked my ladder off. And I'm stuck on the (laughs) roof. I'm stuck on your roof. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And he came out and he was all apologetic and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, of course he didn't know who it was. And who knows who it was? It was a crazy thing like that. And then when we were in Shreveport, something fairly similar happened to that, except it was the neighbor of the house I was working on. The neighbor of the house I was working on came over. Of course, this neighbor was always upset that we were trapping his squirrels, even though we were clearly on somebody else's property, somebody else's house, somebody else's problem. Anyway, he came over and he was just like, just rude argumentative. I was up on the roof and installing an RVG, a roof vent guard, so the squirrels couldn't get down the vent into the attic space. And he was arguing with me. And he's like, it's so good to like you. And he just pushed my ladder over. Oh, man. Yeah. And I had to call Bonnie that time to come get my ladder. Luckily, it was just an 18 foot ladder. Jeez. Yeah. You know? But you know, Bonnie showed up.
0: She didn't show up empty handed. <laughs> of course not. No, Bonnie is ready to th- drop the literal hammer on someone.
1: <laughs> Somebody messes with her man she's ready to drop the drop on him <laughs> but anyway they as soon as he knocked the ladder over he ran back to his house and went inside and uh i told the customer i was working on i was like look you know if i'm going to be working over here at your house you got to provide some protection for me <laughs> you know run some interference yeah, or just put the ladder up
0: in the backyard or something dang i dude i have nothing like that it will eventually Eventually, it'll all come
1: around because that's just stuff that happens. People can't help themselves. You
0: have so little control over their emotions. They're going to
1: have to do something kooky. But, you know, it just reinforces, you know, the whole situation about not doing cats. What, what is it with cats? You know, like cats are the bane to our existence, it seems. Like nothing ever goes well when you're dealing with cats.
0: Dude, I just had a frustrating cat job like three days ago. Yeah. What happened there? Well, somebody sold a very underpriced, aggressive cat removal. The cat was an aggressive cat. It became aggressive when the baby was born, basically, of this person. Like The cat was totally fine, totally chill, indoor cat. And then when they brought the baby home, it became aggressive towards the baby, which is crazy, man. That's bananas. So... I'm a little peeved at this uh, underpriced job that's going to take me two and a half hours to complete. (laughs) Got to admit. And then, so I head out and I get there and they're like, yeah, the cat's over there. Last time I saw it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, let me go deal with this cat. I turn like this corner on the windowsill. Like, okay, let me, and he's just, you know, he's chilling in bread loaf mode. And then I, I walk over to him. Hey, what's up, buddy? Reach out to pet him. Sniffs my hand, lets me pet him. Okay, uh, what's up, dude? So I just pet him, pet him, pet him, pet him. He starts purring, lets me pet all the way to his tail and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, a little weird. What's up? Are you cool? I go to get my hand under his belly, pick him up, you know, like cradle him, you know, like you kind of do with a cat. Totally fine. He's still purring. I'm like, what the heck? This aggressive cat, you know, this this cat's just chilling. He did not want me to put him in a cage, though. And so, based on the the time constraints, because I had multiple things, I had to, uh, unfortunately, lure pull him into the trap. But like for the rest of it, he was totally chill. Huh. Totally chill. Just a big, you know, a big fat indoor cat, Yeah, basically.
1: But was having no part of the new baby.
0: Guess not, dude. I don't know. I kind of get it. My... Male dog loves humans, hates kids. Mm. Not sure why. Somebody probably pulled his not tail. His his lack of a tail. Maybe I don't. I, I nothing sticks out to me on like why he would dislike kids. Yeah,
1: you never can tell with animals. I mean, we as professionals have to judge what an animal's about to do based off of what we've had happen before, but also body language. You know, watching that watching that body language to see what's about to transpire. Well, I have some other good news. Okay. But before I tell you the good news, I have to divulge that there was a bad thing that happened. Okay. So about nine days ago, week and a half or so, we had a big storm blow through St. Louis and Imperial. It was a hefty a storm. A bunch of them, apparently.
0: Like tornadoes and everything, folks. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it knocked out power at the facility. I had to go get generators going and all the commotion. I look around and I've got this jump box set out by the front door where I keep whatever hawk I'm training. And I look over in the jump box and Jet is gone. My Harris mm. Hawks, my Mel Harris Hawk. Yeah, I was training Jet for a movie that's coming up. And so I, had, I was bringing his weight down and I had him on, in the jump box right there because it's right in front of the center and we're working past it. It's super easy for me to work with him just a little bit every day. And he's gone. Everything's gone. The leash is gone. The ring for the, for the leash is broken in half on the ground. And I look up and he's about 100 yards away in the very top of a poplar tree.
0: Oh, you saw him.
1: Yeah. So, first thing I do is I go get BC, I load it up, come down, put the, put the BC right underneath him, and he's got nothing for it. So, anyway, rest of the day, I chase him around the woods. Like, he's just flying from one tree to the next tree, to the next tree, to the next tree, to the next tree. tree. Anyway, so I end up having to tell the Missouri Falconry Association. I was like, hey, I've got a loose Harris hawk. If anybody sees it, you know, if you're in this area and need some help, trying to get him. I call the Missouri Department of Conservation. I tell my agent, my falconry agent, hey, I've lost a male Harris hawk, storm, equipment failure. It's flying around with a leash which is deadly. Yeah. A loose hawk flying around with a swivel and a leash is guaranteed the hawk's going to die if you can't recover him. Anyway, every day, same thing happens. I follow the hawk around, can't get him to come down to the BC. I follow him, follow him, follow him. And then at some point, he lifts up and and he just thermals out every day. Shoot. And so... Wednesday came along this past Wednesday and another storm blew through and I can't find him anywhere and consciously I say my goodbyes. I'm like there's yeah, there's no mm-hmm. way he's wrapped up in a tree somewhere. Most horrible thoughts. Thursday rolls around. We're in there. I go rescue a baby armadillo which some great TikTok Coming from that. I
0: saw that. Very cute. Yes. And
1: uh, everybody's asked me to do a lot of things. Also, I'm having to run routes every day. Like I'm running six to seven to eight accounts every day because we just have so much work in St. Louis and we don't have anybody to do the work. And so I'm, I'm at the office and I'm feeding the animals. And all of a sudden, I hear a ching, 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 ching because Jet has a tailbell on.
0: Oh, that's how you've been tracking him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jet has a tailbell on. And so I'm looking around, looking around, looking. I'm looking way up in the trees, right? Looking around, looking around, looking around. I'm like, where the heck is he? I mean, I can hear him, but it's thick and all the leaves are everywhere and you can't see nothing. And then out of the corner of my eye, down towards the creek, I see a little flash of something, a little jump like through the thicket, you know? I, I get to look in Roka, and he's tangled up on the ground in the honeysuckle. Oh. So I go through the center, and I'm like, Cole, do you believe in miracles? And he's like, yes, I do. And I'm like, follow get me. Get the freaking camera. You know? so, so then Corinne hears me. She, she wants to go. And then Omer, he hears me, so he wants to go. So we all go out there, you know, and it's thick. And I'm like, and so I lose all them. They just can't keep yep. up. Plus, they're not motive- properly motivated because they don't know what's going on. No. So, I get Jet. He's fine. Get him untangled. I walk back. And as I'm walking through the thicket in the jungle, I finally meet up with them again. And uh, I said, I got Jet back. And Corinne's like, Yay, because she knew about it. And Cole goes, Was Jet missing? <laughs> I'm like,
0: oh, my God.
1: I'm like, Yeah so it just goes
0: to show that even with somebody he's a good videographer but you know that's awesome though dude this is the so this is the first time I'm hearing and I'm super happy I'm stoked oh yeah well I bet he lost some weight for you
1: oh yeah well I'll tell you what he jumped to the glove for a treat that whenever I put him back in his box and tied him up
0: <laughs> you know
1: yeah you hungry now yeah but man that's the worst <laughs> that's the worst feeling in your gut man when you know that you got a loose hawk with a leash, and but the craziness of it is, is he was flying through the forest, and you know how thick the forest is behind the the, the center over there. Yeah, and there was two times when I was following him, like okay, he's tangled up now. All right, he's and I'm contemplating. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna wait because there's no way I'm packing a 32 foot ladder across the creek through all this up those rocks into the top of that hill where we were to make
0: for him to just bait and leave and not be tangled
1: exactly which is which happened (laughs) every time twice I thought he was tangled up I contemplated how I was going to get him contemplated how I was going to get the ladder up everything and then he goes to jump and he's tangled he can't move and so he makes his way back on top of the limb and I'm like all right, I'm going to go now and then he did it again and the leash just come untangled and he just flew off
0: Mm. Dang. Oh, my gosh.
1: So incredibly stressful, you know. Anyway, got Jet back, you know, avoided the crisis, and I'm super, super happy. Dude, that's awesome. And he's a small Harris Hawk, so I never think that this would happen. But… Oh, is he really? What's he uh, fly at? Around 515, you know.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, he's tiny.
1: He's the smallest Harris Hawk we have right now.
0: Two hundred grams lower than George flies. Holy smokes! And um, wow, remind
1: me to circle back to George because we got a story about that. Okay, but anyway, uh, baiting, baiting, baiting. He bent the broken weld on the on the ring. The weld broke, and baiting, baiting, baiting. He bent that enough, and all the stars in the universe lined up perfectly, and it came off. And then whenever he was dragging that around, whatever happened, the ring came off the paracord. And then once the ring come off the paracord, the paracord come in that knot come apart. Because Mm -hmm. when I picked George up, I mean when I picked Jed up, the paracord was perfectly
0: straight all the way down. There was not a knot at the end of it. (laughs) Wow. Shout out to Paracord. That's probably why he didn't get tangled because of how slick that stuff is. Right. Yeah. Until the very, very end, you know yeah he's a little guy
1: now he's not as small as the Peruvian male we have because the Peruvian male when he's fat he's four hundred and ninety grams when he's fat Sheesh. well yeah
0: he's peruvian though. so he's a he's
1: a little big guy oh but George, let me tell you about George okay so I don't know I don't know what has happened this year, but I've got Harris Hawk eggs coming out my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding you. For the last three or four years, we've been trying to hatch a Harris hawk chick, and it's just been one failed attempt. Of the everything that could possibly go wrong, has gone wrong. The one time we got some chicks to hatch, the the parent birds ate them.
0: Oh, that's right. Ugh. And so
1: we have just been going through it. But this year, the Harris hawks that the Peruvian and TC they laid eggs in February.
0: Yeah, just bananas. A
1: mess. Right. So put a ceramic egg. I took the eggs out, put a ceramic egg in there. The eggs were not viable, blah, blah, blah. I kept the ceramic egg in there so that she wouldn't lay again because she's notorious double, even triple clutching. So I put the ceramic egg in there. And then in my big free loft pen, I had Banshee, who was our falcony bird this year. I had an older Harris hawk that we just called Old Man. And then I had George and Sotsky's son from two years ago, Blackjack. I had the three of them in a, in a thing. I had George and Sotsky separated, and then I had Jet, and it got warm. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna pull the egg. I'm gonna pull the ceramic egg off of this pair. Let them reclutch, you know. So I pulled that mm-hmm. off. She immediately they s- immediately start copulating. And then I noticed that Banshee's making the same sounds, and I'm thinking she's just. Yeah, it's
0: a very unique
1: sound, folks. I'm just thinking she's <laughs> like copying what the breeding pair are doing. Oh yeah, they'll do that. Well, I notice crap being start being drug up onto this little platform that's in there with them. So I'm like, what is Banshee going <laughs> to lay eggs too? So, so I, I throw a tire, an old tire, in there, and I fill it up full of uh, straw, and she just starts dragging stuff up in it,
0: making her a little
1: nest. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh, well, maybe I'll put George. It's late in the season, but maybe I'll put George and Saski together. So I put George and Sasuke and Jet into another flight pen. I really don't think they're going to do anything because it's so late in the year. Well, a couple of days ago, Saski started laying eggs. Oh,
0: my baby. So we got
1: two of her. I'm going to let her incubate two eggs naturally, and I got two eggs in the incubator for her. She's already laid four? No, no. She's only laid she should lay her third one today. And then the day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. she should lay her fourth one. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna let her keep those last two. I pulled two, I pulled the first two, put them in the incubator. So I got two eggs from TC, I got two eggs from Banshee, and I got two eggs from Sasuke in the incubator right now. Got two eggs underneath TC. Two eggs underneath Banshee, and I'm going to leave the two eggs with Sasuke, and we'll see if they can hatch them naturally. I don't have
0: a lot of faith in that happening, you know, just because... Yeah, hey, I wouldn't. Like, if you definitely go with this plan of if she continues to lay pull some, because when she did in the past, maybe it's because she's so big or something. Maybe it was a failure on my part of her nest ledge, but she did crush them and break them during... Incubation, like while she was brooding. So, and you know, to kind of, if that does happen, no biggie. We don't need 15 new no, hair socks this We absolutely year. don't. But, but uh, yeah, I would definitely pull.
1: So of the eggs that are in the incubator, I don't know about Saski's eggs yet, but of the other four, two of them seem to be viable. Two of them are not developing. So I don't think there's anything going to happen with those. Mm -hmm. But we'll we'll see how it comes out. But the point I was going to make, though, is that George, it's funny how Harris Hawks are. Because Mm -hmm. the little Peruvian male in TC, I can get in their nest and I can do anything I want. They sit at the sides of it. They sit there and they just kind of bop, rock at me. I go into the nest with Banshee and man she is like a Tasmanian devil as soon as you walk through the the door into the pen she's off the nest and she's coming at you and if you walk in she flies straight at you and then the whole time you're messing with the nest if you need to move eggs or whatever you've got to block her because she is steadily trying to get you it's like stay away from my nest she's overly protective and girl. i mean she's like Good mama she's like on it and then Shotsky and George. Shotsky's just the nicest thing. She just steps off the nest and she gets over to the side. But here comes George for the blind side. And George is like, he is the protector of the nest. He's all about it, man. He's like going to get you for getting near that nest. It's just funny how different personalities with different hawks,
0: you know? Yeah. When I was in Reno, the, I built their, their chamber that they bred in. And the only way I could look was like this little slit on top of the door, you know, where the door opened to allow for it to open. And I could look through the top. George would fly at me like at the very last second, like hit the door and try and slip his leg through the door to try and get me. Yeah. Like through a little one inch crack. Isn't that crazy? And try and mess me up through that.
1: And you know, <laughs> there's plenty of opinions out there about how you should keep Harris Hawks and how you should successfully breed them. and how. You should, but when you really don't want Harris Hawks, like, I mean, I don't need, I'm not a breeder, so I don't need them to be successful, nor do I—I I just want one chick for you and one chick for me. Like, that's all I want from this year. So we've got these really large flight pins built that are not real tall. They're only six foot tall, but they're long because they're 20 foot long and 10 foot wide. But they're all open cyclone, right? And, and down the center of it, we have a safety area where where it's covered in the center and if you open up the gates to the flight pens even if a bird gets out they can't go anywhere well that grows up with weeds so we turn the chickens and the goats in there and so the chickens and the goats the goat and the kangaroo and the wallaby run up and down that corridor which is you know it's just cyclone fence and then the harris hawks are right there and then we got all the lemurs that are right there too and all this commotion, plus we walk through the center of that feeding the birds, all this commotion. Oh. And the Harris's don't care at all. They're nesting, they're copulating, they're laying eggs, and it's just all in the middle of this big goat rope, if you will. You know, all this distraction, all of this noise. Because when the Harris hawks start calling in the mornings, when the, you know the Harris hawks wake up and they do that morning call— the lemurs go crazy answering them. And so they're, they're going back and forth. And it's loud at the office. It's loud in the mornings with, between the lemurs and the Harris hawks and the chickens. Because you got the roosters crowing in the middle. The Harris hawks waking up. They're doing their morning call thing. And that sparks the lemurs. And the lemurs are sitting there calling calling <laughs> back. <laughs> it's just a whole mess. But you know what? It doesn't affect the Harris's laying eggs or incubating eggs on the nest at all all that commotion they're just like they're just doing it they're just doing what Harris hawks do you know
0: that's probably like only Harris hawks I don't think anything else would tolerate that much commotion
1: nothing would tolerate that commotion
0: not even red tails probably
1: no, I don't think so. What well, you know, interesting thing, red-tails. Yesterday, me and Bonnie were on a little nature hike because we go walking in the evenings. And I found this cottonwood tree that must be 100 feet if it's 120 feet. And it's big old wow. tree. I mean, I couldn't even think about putting my arms around it. I might be able to put my arms fully extended halfway around it. And the very top of that tree is a big old red tail nest. And as soon as I was sitting there looking at it and going, hey, this is hawk slice down here. That must be a red-tailed nest. The male is out on a limb screaming at me, like from way up there. <laughs> you know, he's like looking down at me, screaming at me. And I'm like, yep, it's a red-tailed nest. Nice. Big old nest too, man. Big old nest. So it must have been well-established. I don't know. Well, you know, with animals and people... It, it's always something, man. It's always something going on. There's always some kind of crazy story, some kind of nutty thing that's that's happening with us and to us or around us, one way or another. Dude, I can't wait to see that cat video. Dude, you're gonna love that. You know, any of your listeners, you guys got to go over to the YouTube channel Wildlife Command Center, watch that video. Man, our YouTube channel is is starting to blow up. I was looking at the charts this morning. Really? We've been getting 32,000 views every 48 hours for the last week. What?
0: Yeah. Holy smokes. It's it's popping.
1: And we, a lot of the momentum is really based off of one video that is being served by YouTube because YouTube likes it. It hit the algorithm and it's a YouTube short, and it's, it's called Why Are Rats Cute? Really? That's the one? That's the one. Yep. There's nothing special about it. There's absolutely nothing special about it. It is not our best video. It is not the most interesting video. It just hit the algorithm, you know? And so it's being, it's being served to people. But I'm going to tell you what, we get around 100 comments a day on the YouTube channel now. All day long, I'm answering comments. You know, in the, in the evening, I usually come home and I usually miss 30 to 40 comments that I don't get to during the day. And so I sit at my computer and I just sit there and answer comments. And the interesting thing about that is that that's the one thing I've been wishing for is engagement on the YouTube channel. I've complained about that so many times. You know, I, I just looked up. I started this YouTube channel August the 23rd,
0: 2006. That's right, yeah.
1: The first video I posted on our YouTube channel was of my red tail passage hawk named Adahi. His, and it was in August, so it was past, I caught him in, in uh, December. And, and so it was in August when I posted the video. And no engagement hardly at all to speak of. Millions of views, but no engagement. Really? Yeah, Our YouTube channel prior to 2019, our YouTube channel had like 30 comments on it total. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now I get 30 comments an hour. Okay. So I'm looking at this short. It's a pretty good short. Just I'm trying to take in like an objective view of it. It's really cute. That's the thing. You're showing all of the different rodents that we have at the command center, it's pretty adorable. Hmm. I get it. You
1: know, it's been pretty popular. It certainly generates a lot of engagement, and and between the the length, the content, the engagement is what's propelling it, and that's why it's
0: why YouTube keeps serving it to people. Basically, because of TikTok, that's everything is trying to be TikTok right now. You know, that's why YouTube has its shorts. Like, check these out. You know what I mean? whatever works, but we're gaining subscribers. And so
1: that's that's the big part of YouTube is trying to build a, build a customer base, you know? And of course, I am trying to apply the whole principle of building super fans and really engaging in meaningful ways. And so some of that is paying off because I'm getting people that are constantly commenting multiple times, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's all it's all working out. It's all paying off, you know. It's just like this podcast. You know, this podcast is slowly but surely building some momentum. You know, people are interested in people are interested in the craziness that happens to us on a daily basis. You know, and so and so we just we're just going to keep doing it. We're going to keep serving it. We're going to keep getting better and better. We're going to keep improving, and uh, and it's just going to keep moving. It's just going to keep moving in the right direction. So I'm excited. That's the plan. I'm excited for everything
0: that's going to happen. Like, yeah. This is my little baby. I love doing it. We're going to keep at it. I'm excited for the, um, you know, how here in a few months when everything stabilizes, that's when, you know, we'll work on this and this and that. And then it like never stabilizes, (laughs) you know, or like here in a few months when things calm down. I mean, we kind of actually have that because the winter is so much more of our, like it's a, a very predictable, slower season for us. Right. So we kind of get that. I guess, I guess that's, it's more prevalent in, uh, in other folks' lives, but. I have no idea where I was going with that. I need some more coffee. It's early here, folks. We are recording (laughs) early.
1: Uh, That's where I'm at on the West Coast. Oh, well, that's all right. I get the gist of what you say. It's like, you know, you always say, well, when it calms down or when we have a breather, that time just never never happens, you know? And so you just end up having to do it and just make it happen. Mm -hmm. We got a good podcast in in the pan here. I think people are going to be interested in listening to this stuff.
0: That was a good cat story, dude. I am stoked.
1: I appreciate all, all of your listeners and everybody that's uh, paying attention to Wildlife Command Center. It really feels good to have people that are engaging
0: and watching and listening, you know? Heck yeah. All right, man. Let me bring this puppy home. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Wildlife Command Center podcast with myself, Chris Starr and our fearless leader, Michael Barehands Baran. Hey. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us an awesome five-star review. It really does help out the podcast. We love doing it. Have a good one, everybody. God bless.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Barehands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus. Download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.